0: good morning and uh, welcome what a great day to be together to uh, worship and to uh, share the love of Christ we want to say a word of welcome to to all who are engaging in worship this morning and, uh, and joining together in uh, participating in uh, raising our voices to praise God and to, to love on God it's uh, always a good day for doing that so let's uh, praise God together and I invite you to, uh, to join us in song as we sing <clears throat>
1: Payton and we get to have some time together in prayer so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Gracious and loving Lord we are so grateful for this day. We are thankful for all the blessings that surround us and the just the beauty of the earth in which you have created and all that you provide for us to make sure that our needs are met. Loving God we are reminded today that words matter, that the way we choose our words holds within the capacity to either harm or heal, to wound or to welcome. Sometimes we call these toothpaste words, we can't put them back in the tube once they're out. In this time when words are tossed around so casually, may our words be used to build up the body of Christ. To share love and compassion in a broken and battered world holy and merciful god please hear our prayer today healing god we pray for those who have been hurt by words of late for refugees and immigrants without documentation for women and girls who have endured words of sexism for people of color who hear words of racism For people with disabilities who are told they are less than. For the elderly, elderly who are told they are useless. For young adults who are told they are entitled and selfish and irresponsible. God of the living word, help us to speak truth and love. Help us to care for one another with the words we choose to speak. Father, we lay these prayers at your feet. Hear our prayers. God of healing and wholeness, we lift up to you our words of prayer for people near and dear to our hearts as we lift them up silently before you. You know the prayers on our hearts, Lord. You know those people that come to mind. You know those who need you most. You know those who are crying out to you and you know those who may not even know they need you today. Father, we, we lay all of this at your feet and pray that you would hear our prayer. Father God, we love you and hear your voice. We know that you hear our voice and our prayers, and we lift these to your ears. We hope that you will hear us as we pray together the way Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who We're art in heaven. heaven.
2: stand. Yeah.
0: seated <clears throat> mr. Paul's going to come and uh, join me up here during the COVID season for the last uh, year and a half or so a new horizon has continued to expand in mission with a uh, west campus and with a new mission building just for that and Paul's going to tell us about our mission moment for today
3: thank you thank you so staff has been kind enough to pull together from the groundbreaking pictures there we are with our big sand pile. Can you believe that was almost yeah. two years ago? <laughs> uh, we have worked hard. Uh, go ahead and just click through them, and then I'll give some thought at the end, maybe. But we said thank you for that. Um, the trucks came. Uh, boy, for a long time, we had a bunch of walls in the air. Didn't we? <laughs> we had a big flat slab. Um, <coughs> it was remarkable to see the thing come out of the ground. It's like giving birth. And I do this as a career. I've, uh, I've um, been an architect for 40 years, nearly. Uh, but this building was something special. So uh, we wanted you to just see a little bit about the memory that, that went into that. And then I want to say thank you. Because uh, even still, as I drive up, it's remarkable that we have added real space to our campus. And this is not space that we, we drive by. This is space we go into. If you've not been in the Mission Building, and I trust most people have been there by now, um, I would encourage you to come, though, because it, it's really a sanctuary that's used every day. Carolyn's on staff, and uh, we talk pretty much every day about what's going on at staff <laughs> and why something doesn't fit in the closet or why the door's stuck. or you know, I said, okay, I, you're becoming my most difficult client. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to hear about all those little things. Call Dave Herbert. Dave (laughs) is our construction manager and I'm sorry Dave isn't in this service but I'm hoping he's watching. Uh, Dave Herbert lives around the corner. He's retired. He's from construction. He made this thing happen. But still, uh, we now have a Sunday school program there and I know that you use the room for Sunday school. We have video components that allow us to, to include people online. In our Sunday school class, we do Bible study. VBS Took advantage of the upstairs space and I believe the students were walked up the outside stair and we did a whole thing on mission in the mission building so we're touching people from all groups Um, the staff headquarters of course are there um, nourishing lives is doing wonderful things there and it's working with the little portico where the food comes out and you sit in the shade Uh, we we meet the the families we meet the cars and then people collect and, and keep things so as expected are figuring we're finding growing pains. So we're having ways to, to work that program into our space. Um, there is also a new sound system, and when Michael returns, I'm sure he will be part of helping us have a music program over there in mission building. Um, and we use it for training. There's an upstairs conference room that uh, I know that we use training for teens, and we use training for other folks when the need arises. So we are truly blessed to have a gift that we have been part of, but more importantly, that God has been part of. So we wanted to say thank you, and particularly to do that at our 40th anniversary event, which will be September 25th, 26th weekend. Um, there will be much more posted about that, but put it on your calendar, the last weekend in September. We will talk about the church that has been uh, New Horizon for 40 years, and we'll talk about the future. So thank you again. Uh, we will come back at another time and talk about our long-term debt, because, of course, like any good thing, we've paid for it, and now we have a mortgage. So uh, <laughs> the good news is we've paid nearly 400000 in cash against the million seven. So we are on our way, um, but there will be another campaign in the spring, uh, perhaps, and we will talk about when that happens. So thank you all uh, from the church itself. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So as we go through this uh, season of summer, we've been doing a, a 10 for 10 for our mission moment. And so the Over and Above offering today will be go towards the mission building and the, uh, the facility that houses and launches. I call it a trampoline. It's kind of the place where all the mission bounces back out into the community. And so your Over and Above offering today, your 10 for 10, we've got bags here or you can certainly give online. Um, that offering goes towards... The, uh, the the building the what we still have to pay on that building, so we want to thank you so much for your investment and uh, your time with that. And like I said, you, uh, you you know all during this pandemic for the last year and a half, and and in the foreseeable future as we live into this uh, whole COVID era, uh, New Horizon is a church that's continuing to expand in mission in great and wonderful ways. And we can just uh, thank God that God has uh, included us and entrusted us with stewarding this, uh, this great work in our community. As we uh, share in God's Word today, we want to turn to uh, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. As Paul writes to that community of believers, uh, this is uh, chapter 4. Eph- Ephesus is a place where Paul spent a good deal of time. It is a place where he was training and teaching uh, the new ministers in the new church to go out into the uh, churches in what we know as uh, Turkey today, Asia Minor for them. And Ephesians became this place, uh, well, this letter that was a letter of encouragement and teaching. But it was uh, the people of Ephesus was so important to Paul because it is where he, he taught. And kind of like the like our mission building, the springboard where people went out into the mission field, into the area. So here are these words that uh, the Apostle Paul shares in uh, today's um, scripture reading. Therefore. After you have gotten rid of lying, each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor because we are parts of each other in the same body. Be angry without sinning. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't provide an opportunity for the devil. Thieves should no longer steal. Instead, they should go to work using their hands to do good So that they will have something to share with whoever is in need. Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it is needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Don't make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy. You were sealed by him for the day of resurrection. Put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting, and and slander, along with every other evil. Therefore, imitate God like dearly loved children. Live your life with love, following the example of Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us, he was a sacrificial offering that smelled sweet to God. Amen and amen. Oh, Lord, speak your word into our hearts and our lives today. And may our words and our actions as the community of faith smell so sweet to you. Amen and amen. All right, so who's been watching the Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> Of course, we have. Everybody loves the Olympics. The Olympics is this time when, uh, you know, internationally people come together and um, conflicts are put down and uh, there's this positive sense of camaraderie and competition and people, uh, you know, just coming together. And particularly uh, in this year, in the midst of COVID, it's been a very different time, but it's still this, this wonderful experience of international inclusion that uh, that comes together and i have to admit i love the olympics been watching the olympics my wife said to me this morning it's a sad day the olympics are over you know they finish up today and we don't get to w- watch any more of that but what i really love about the olympics is the stories the stories that come out of it the stories about about people and about lives and you see what they do and uh, and how they've come to the place that they're at the stories are just are just uh, phenomenal, and uh, the stories that are made in the competition as it, as it goes along. Like um, uh, early on in the Olympics, there was these runners that were uh, competing, and they expected to be you know, part of the finalists, and in one of their trial heats, in order to qualify for the, for the finalists, these two collided with each other and tripped each other up, and they fell, and they fell. And in the midst of that moment, there could be anger, there could be frustration, there could be you know finger-pointing and blame and then all kinds of quarreling and wrangling of, we should be in, this, this shouldn't have happened and all that kind of stuff. But what the athletes did is they picked each other up and they trotted together and they crossed the line together. They picked each other up. They built each other up. Because what we find often in the Olympics is that the nature of competition is the nature of also making each other better. I was um, taken back by a story of the uh, of the two high jumpers, and I know if you've been watching the Olympics, you all know these stories. You know, you you've you've seen them. Uh, you've seen them or been part of the experience and with the two high jumpers and the way high jumping goes you know you jump another level you jump another height and another height and people drop off cuz they're not making that height and uh, they got to the height and only two made it and those were the the two that were going to vie for the gold medal and the silver medal and they went to the next height up higher and they they both missed they both knocked it down so now the uh, judge comes to them and says well uh, we have this opportunity for a jump off, and you jump, to, you know, against each other. But just the two of you left, and you jump against each other for a jump off to see who wins. And one of the high jumpers turned to the judges, "Isn't there also an option where we just both take the gold?" And he said, "Yes." And the two athletes together decided to to share the gold, not to compete and not to to put one down and one win and one you know get the second place. But for both of them, they embraced, and there was this joyous moment of the sharing and building each other up because they had reached the pinnacle of their, their jumping lives in their sport. And so they encouraged each other. They, they built each other up rather than trying to beat the other one down and win it all for yourself. One of the sports that I really enjoy watching and have watched so much is the beach volleyball. I've played a little bit of beach volleyball. To know that is extremely tough. It is extremely difficult. I don't know how they do it. But here's the one thing that I did notice about the winning teams in beach volleyball is that between every point, there were words of encouragement. There There was communication. There was speaking the right words, the right language. For those teams where a mistake was made, and there was the pointing out of the mistake, and there was the words of of derision, and you can't do that anymore, and the beating down, those teams got eliminated quickly. But the teams that rose up were the teams that were about encouraging, encouraging each other on their team, encouraging the others that that were also playing. They were speaking words of encouragement, words that built up and not making excuses for mistakes or pointing fingers or putting the other person down. And then you turn to the track and field and the swimming where there is racing and it's all about speed. And you hear the stories of people saying, well, the, the faster runners, I, I want the faster runners out there. I want the faster swimmers out there because they make me better. They, they push me to, to raise the bar. They, they make me go better. And they talk about how each other is built up by the relationships. Because here's the thing. These elite athletes around the globe, they know each other. They've participated in events before. Many of them are going to college together or training together in different places. They may represent different countries, but they know each other. And they're all about encouraging and, and pushing each other to, to their peak. And runners who finish 6th and 7th are having their best time of their lives, the the fastest time of their life, and they're they're so excited about that, even though they finished so far back, because the others have pushed them and made them better. One of the last things that happens in the Olympics, the Summer Olympics, is the uh, marathon. And I was watching the the men's marathon uh, yesterday, and uh, one gentleman had gotten way out in front, and it was obvious that, uh, that he was going to win, but there was a, a cluster and a group that was kind of four, five, six guys that were running for that second, and third, and fourth, and fifth place, and how they were going along. And it was getting late in the race, and they were down to the last mile, and you could tell that some were struggling, and some were beginning to, to kick in to their, to their last little bit. And they got down to that last mile, that la- last half mile, that last quarter mile, and one started to, uh, to take off, and there were a couple more that were struggling. But that one that started to take off and, and claim that second place, he t- kept looking back over his shoulder. He kept looking back over his shoulder, and he would wave the others to come along, pick it up, it's, it's time. And he pick, picked out, you know, somebody that he'd been running with the, that whole day and maybe knew, and he's like, come on, come on. And the guy, you know, I've run a marathon. These things are torturous. The guy's gasping, and he's saying, and the other guy's, come on, come on, come on. And he encourages him through that last couple hundred meters, and they, they finish one right after the other. It's about building up and about encouraging. Do your best to help others be their best because it makes you better. It's about building up, building each other up. And what the scriptures say about building up the community of faith, that's how you live in love. Live your life with love. Build up those around you. Build up the community. Build up the neighborhood. Build them up because that's how you live your life with love. It's about building up others. Too often we sell our love short because we think that being a Christian or being a good person is all about being nice and kind. And nice and kind, don't don't get me wrong, nice and kind is a good thing. You want to start there, okay? Nice and kind. But building others up in love is a reflection of Christ. It's a reflection of what Christ has commanded us. Because here's the thing that I've noticed in the Scripture. Jesus never commands us to be nice. Jesus never commands us to be kind. But Jesus does command us To love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the encouragement of this scripture is to speak the words that build up. Put away the things that block love and get rid of them in your life. And live your life with love. It's a commandment of Jesus. But it's also the example of Jesus. The example of Jesus is there's a story in the scriptures In fact, it's the story of the longest encounter that Jesus has with one person recorded in Scripture. So obviously, for the writer of the Gospel, it was an important story. And so there's this long story in in the middle of the Gospel of Jesus' encounter with a woman. Now here's the thing. In Jesus' culture, there's a dividing line. A rabbi man does not talk to a woman. But this wasn't just no ordinary woman. This was a Samaritan woman. Jews and Samaritans, the divide, the divide in the line of racism, you know, divided that. And divide of religion, and you got religion right, we, you, know, and you got it wrong, we got it right, you know, there's a divide. So Samaritans and Jews didn't relate to each other. Men and women had certain ways they were sp- allowed and not allowed to relate, and you cross that. But this was just no other Samaritan woman. This was a Samaritan woman that had a checkered past, that had a history of broken relationships and divorce and immorality. And this is the person that Jesus spends the most time with, recorded in the Scriptures. The woman at the well in Samaria. And Jesus speaks to her about life, speaks to her about uh the water, the living water that gives life. He speaks to her in love and he lives with love towards her and lifts her up. And when she has questions about worship and about religion, he directs her to this, this recognizing of yourself and he builds her up. So much so that when this woman leaves Jesus, the only thing that she can do is to go build up her community. She goes and shares the words of Jesus Christ with the others in her community. And she may have been an outcast. So she was going to the well all by herself. She probably was an outcast. Nobody wanted to be around her. Nobody wanted to be with her. She was a woman who, have, of, who had that checkered history. But now they're hearing her words as she builds them up and lifts them up with good news of the, the message that Jesus is bringing. So Jesus not only commands us to live our lives with love, Jesus exemplifies it. Live your life with love. It's about lifting each other up. It's about building up. But we are really good about putting the things in the way of living with love. And as Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, he recognizes those things, those things that are the stumbling blocks to love, malice and bitterness and losing your temper and slander and gossip and lying and uh, shouting, or as the real translation would be the wrangling, you know, fighting over little things and little details. Because when we let those things get in, they become the stumbling blocks, the hindrances to living your life with love. A good example of uh, that might be if we looked at uh, uh, bitterness. Bitterness is about holding on to hurts, holding on to a pain, remembering a pain, remembering a hurt, and keeping it at the forefront so that it begins to affect how you are. And, uh, you know, it produces you know, evil talk, it produces some of the other things that are on that list, the, the slander, the, the anger, that, that, the temper, it produces that kind of stuff, it produces that, that evil talk, or a, a more accurate translation would be the putrid words. In other words, bitterness can make your very soul putrid, stinky and smelly, and hold you back from living in love. And so the bitterness begins to hurt our souls. And when something is hurting our souls, it doesn't allow us to build others up. It becomes a stumbling block to love. You cannot live with love if you're holding on to bitterness. And the same thing can be said of all of the other items and characteristics that Paul lists there. Does malice build up the community? Does losing your temper build up others? Does slander or gossip build up people around you? How about lying? Does it build up? Wrangling over those little details and little things, like i got to get mine and you can't have yours. That wrangling which we see in the driving patterns in South Florida all the time, right? You know, Does that build up the community of faith? If we hold on to it and practice any of these things, bitterness, malice, slander, lying, wrangling, if we practice those things, we can still act with kindness on occasion. We can still be nice, but we will not be living with love. We will not be building others up. Living with love is about building others up. It is so much more than being polite and being kind and being nice. Kindness, yes, we want that. But that kindness moves to compassion and to forgiveness. In other words, putting away all those other things. These are the qualities of living with love. Kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. And it might... Start with being kind, but it certainly goes on a lot more because living with love is not complete in just obeying do no harm. Now, granted, folks, that's the first law. That's the first thing. First, do no harm. That's first. But complete love has compassion and forgiveness And it's about building up others and building up the community and building up the church and building up the body of Christ. To live with love is about building up or is our focus more about benefiting ourselves? Do our words build up or do they tear down? What kind of words are we using? Are our actions building up others or are they more self-serving? How are we building up? I read a wonderful story this week by an author that I enjoy. It's a book called The Uncommon Good. And uh, he was telling a proud dad story. Um, he had been uh, on a college campus dealing with a, a tragic uh, issue. There had been, on this campus, there had been an issue with uh, bullying, particularly people of, uh, of, uh, of a uh, different uh, uh sexual tendencies, and it had led to a young person taking their life. And so there had been this suicide due to bullying and bullying people of a a gay or lesbian lifestyle. And so um, he had gone and dealt with that. It had been in the news. It had been around their uh, community. He had been part of the healing process at the university where it had happened. But he has these young boys, and one day on on taking them to school, he wanted to address this uh, this topic about uh, uh, gay and lesbian teen suicide and and about bullying. And so, as he was engaging his boys, his boys are young. One's twelve years old, one's seven. You know, the twelve-year-old kind of knew what was going on, and had seen the news and knew what was going on. The the seven-year-old had no clue, and the seven-year-old uh, we'll call him Jake. But as they were talking. Jake spoke about a boy on the playground at his school who was sometimes bullied by the other kids. And before dad could say a word, the 12-year-old older brother turned around and said to his younger brother, he said, now, Jack, you need to go and talk to that boy. You need to be nice to him. He will respect you. He will listen to you because, you know, you're good at playing. You're kind of a good athlete. You're a good student. Other people like you. So you go and you talk to him. Kids who are strong need to be the ones who stand up for those who are bullied. Jack, part of your job, part of our job, is to make sure nobody is bullied at our school. Understand? Yes. The kids get it. The young athletes coming together for the Olympics, many of them get it. Shouldn't we, followers of Christ, get it? What it is to build up the neighborhood and build up the community. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. Say and do what is helpful. Say and do what is needed for the building up of others, for the building up of the community. Amen. Amen. Most gracious God, send the convicting power of your holy spirit to cut through our hard shells and convict our hearts of where we have let the the putridness of our world the the malice the the, the lying The wrangling. Cut through, Lord, and show us our our, our bitterness and our tempers. And Lord, may your forgiveness teach us to forgive ourselves. Cut through, Lord, all of those things that get in the way and, and lift us to that place of of living with love. Love that is always about the other and and focusing on building up the other. The other person. Oh Lord, we thank you for your love. Your love that is solely focused on building us up and offering us life. May our actions and may our words reflect you as we build up one another and work towards that beloved community of your kingdom. Amen and amen. Won't you please stand so we can worship the Let's Lord. Sing
2: together? And you.
0: to uh, God's uh, giving into your life through your giving to uh, the community and building up the community and building up one another. And so if you're here on site, there are places and baskets where you can drop uh, those offerings. Of course, you can go online and uh, give through our digital technology. Go now with this blessing and this assurance. Remember, those who are strong in Christ have got to stand up for those who need it in our community. Amen? You. Amen. Oh, yeah.